I'm Chris. This is the Northern Guide to Happiness, and I'm in charge today for some reason. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. You're jumping uh, up and down on your chair, but... <laughs> with excitement, barely contained. Um, yeah. Well, welcome to episode twenty-three. Uh, as always, we're here in the virtual studio, and I have got Alex and Kath with me today. Hello. Hi there. <laughs> got to be nice to you in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Don't let the power go to your head, Chris. The boot is on the other foot. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure what to do with my hands. I'm feeling a bit awkward. I'm like, what should I do with myself? Ah, uh, well, how have your weeks been? Hmm, yes. Hmm. Oh, that's qualified hmm there. Hmm, yes. Well, I'm feeling a bit guilty. And this, this is a feeling that has been growing on me for a while over the last few months. But as an example of my, my guilt, I've done quite a bit of driving. In mm -hmm. the last two days. And it's been very, very strange for a number of reasons. And having got so used to meeting people virtually, mm -hmm. then getting in the car and driving reasonable distances has made me think twice about doing it. Um, particularly when... I hit every school run in the greater Newcastle area mm -hmm. yesterday <laughs> yeah. and the, apparently your petrol consumption goes down the more you change gear or stop and start. So I'm in reflective mode at the moment about mm. the green agenda and mm. uh, it's definitely something to think about. On the other hand, it was mm. lovely to get out into the countryside. I was over at Hexham and then I was over in Morpeth and there's, there's things happening over yeah. in, you know, wow. There's a whole world out there's there. There's a whole world out there. Yeah. So just very conflicted after that, yeah. yeah. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Kath, I've been doing a lot of walking and cycling, so maybe that kind of balances it out and not using my car so much. But, uh, yeah, I was in town uh, a few Ooh. times in the last few ah, days. And similar. Yeah, like like yes. you, it's kind of like, oh. Oh, this is a bit odd being back in town because it's been a little while. But uh, yeah, I had a lovely walk along uh, the quayside this Aww. this morning. I had a I had a work meeting, actual face to face meeting in town at the Mining Institute. So Aww. it was uh, very nice to to catch up with somebody who uh, we'll be interviewing uh, next month. Oh, cool. But yeah, it was lovely just kind of having a little walk along. Along the quayside and seeing the the bridges never fail to make you feel good, do they? When you when you see them down on the quayside, so uh, yeah, it was lovely to be out. Did you uh, did you have refreshments? I had um, a lovely flat white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been in there a couple of times recently, and it's a beautiful environment mm. now. Mm. And I recommend anybody to go and stand in the hallway and look at the miners' lamps, chandelier. <laughs> It's an impressive building. Incredible. Um, yeah, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully uh, find out more about it in, in the next few weeks. That would yeah. be nice. That would be That'd nice. Be excellent. Great. Mm. I've been out and about as well. A little bit further afield. I've been down in Bristol. Mm, of all places. You. I know. I know. He, held, he held on to that one, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll top your king, yes. Well, yeah, not not quite jet setting because I did take the train. I've decided I'm, I'm not going to fly if I'm going around the UK because I do a lot of traveling for my job. So I'm going to try and do it on the train as much as I can. But it was it was lovely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not Newcastle, but uh, it was one of those, you know, those really kind of beautiful, slightly warm, very bright um, autumn days, just sort of wandering around the, the harbour down at Bristol. 
and mm-hmm. oh, just perfect. I love this time of year. It does it makes me very happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Partly because leaves my, birth- my birthday is coming up, so of course. Uh, yeah. Stop dropping hints. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the diary. All I want is MS vouchers for pants because I'm running out, so that's fine. Not not socks. We'll, uh, <laughs> Got enough we'll, socks now. We'll get that message across to the people who who need yeah, to the know. People that say, I wonder what we're going to get Chris for his birthday this year. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we hear from our guest this week? Yes, please. So this week I had the pleasure of talking to Tim Crook, who is trustee for the Friends of Gosforth Central Park, or one of one of nine trustees. Really wanted to talk to him because I think green space, particularly parks, have become particularly valuable for uh, all of us over the last last year and a bit. Um, so this was me talking to Tim about. Uh, what he's been doing with his retirement and what it takes to keep these parks as beautiful as they are. Well, hello. Good uh, good afternoon. Welcome to the Northern Guide to Happiness. Tim Crook, how are you doing? Hi, Chris. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Oh, not bad, not bad. I was just reflecting this is sort of um, podcasting at its most hyper-local. And we were yes, just talking definitely. earlier about the fact that... <laughs> Yeah. If, I, if I look out this window now, I could yeah. I could see your house if it wasn't for the one other house that's in between us. Yeah, it's good that you're looking that way because we're looking at each other if I look towards your house. Oh, right. Oh, okay. We could, we could really put each other off if we did that, <laughs> sort of waving at each other. But, uh, yeah. but um, it's very nice to meet you this morning um, around your place. Mm-hmm. How, how's, how's your week going? It's, uh, it's going well, apart from the very wet yesterday. Uh Monday was okay. I was at the park on Monday and it was sunny. Today, just shopping. Just shopping. Probably yeah, yes, yesterday was was shocking when it came to the, it was. Came to the weather. Yeah. We are promised something a little bit more yes. um, unseasonal towards the end of this week, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I shall be out walking somewhere. Whereabouts? I mean, did you have like a favourite uh, favorite space to go? Well, I've, I've got a few walks because of COVID. Uh, a mm. few eight-mile walks from the house, oh, right. which go onto the town more around Jasmine Dean or out to uh, Havana uh, Nature mm-hmm. Reserve uh, or up around Wheatslade. Um, but I do a lot of walking further afield uh, on the moors. Um, Simon's side at Rothbury is a favourite. Mm-hmm. Uh, would be to... Um, Sorry, not Whitby, Whitley Bay. That would be a long walk. Whitley Bay. (laughs) Whitley Bay to Blythe. Uh, Uh That's a a 12-mile walk. Yeah, do a lot of walking. Have have you always been a a walker, or is that something that you've come to? Um, Only since I moved to the northeast, because I'm not from the northeast. Um, I was born in London, and uh, I moved to the northeast uh, about 20 years ago. And uh, the lovely, friendly people that I work with got me involved in other things and asked me if I wanted to go walking and uh, never looked back. I've done Hadrian's Wall a few times and I lead walks and um, okay. it's, it's pretty good. It's uh, it's good walking country around here. It is, it is. We've got so much, I, I say we because I'm an, an adopted Geordie now. Of course you are. <laughs> we have a lot to offer. We have the coast, we've got uh, wonderful uh, Northumberland. Uh, lots to look at. Terrific views. Mm. Good for the uh, mind and body. Tim, I 
better ask you to introduce yourself to uh, the people listening in. Um, can you tell us a bit about kind of who you are, what you do? Right, I'm, I'm Tim Crook. I was uh, born in London. Uh, I started an apprenticeship with BT 17, when I was 17. Um, I retired 42 years later. Uh, I've been retired six years now and uh, loving it. I retired early because uh, although BT's got a wonderful pension, if I stayed on, my view on, on retirement became if you stay on to get your maximum pension, do you really need all that money? What are you going to do with it? And will you be here to spend it? So I retired at 58 and uh, I'm surviving fine. You certainly look like you're surviving <laughs> fine. Yeah. yeah. You look like a happy man. Yes, I am, yes. Covid sort of uh, put the stop on any um, going abroad for everybody. Mm. Uh, that didn't really bother us too much because we haven't been abroad for about 10 years, having had a, a disastrous journey from Cyprus once. And uh, the same year I had a, a holiday in Scotland, lovely Scotland, mm-hmm. and everything was under my control. I didn't have to wait for anybody. I didn't have to queue up or anything. I just drove up there, went in the cottage. It was such a fabulous holiday. That's what we do every year. We go and have a cottage holiday. One in Scotland, one in Yorkshire, maybe Norfolk. You know, stay in this country. Lots to look at. Wow. Lots of lovely places to visit in the UK. There are indeed, yeah. I think it's changed people's perspective quite a lot about um, kind of where to holiday and where where the nice places to go, isn't it? Yes. Um, the reason that uh, I've <laughs> I kind of pounced on you uh, yeah. um, to talk uh, on the podcast is um, because of one of the things that you do with your time now, which is um, as a if I get this right, so you're a trustee of the Friends of Gosforth Park, yeah. Gosforth Central Park, Gosforth Central Park, yes, mm-hmm. yes, because if you say Gosforth Park, it could be the race course. Yeah, yeah, it could. Yeah, yeah we and need to be, not... we need to be very specific about this. Yeah, yes, um, yeah. Um, so really kind of interested to um, dig into that and ask you some questions yeah. about um, kind of what you do and kind of how that gives you happiness. But I thought we'd, we'd start off just with, for people that, that don't know Gosforth particularly well, um, Central Park, you know, it's a bit of a hidden gem. It is. You can you can work your way through Gosforth and, and, and never really see it. But just, yeah. just, just for the people listening in, um, Describe Central Park. I mean, what is it? Where is it? Um, yeah. What's it like as a as a public community? Okay. So there's there's several entrances to it. Some are a bit hidden, especially from um, from Gosforth High Street. But there's Church Road. There's an entrance. Moor Park. Is it Moor Park? The one at the back. Mm. Um, you, there's nowhere where you can really see the park from any of the roads, though, because of the trees and the uh, hedges all around it. Um, but if you walk past the John Bullman, uh, the Weatherspoons pub with mm. the, uh, the shopping centre on your left, that is, I'd say, that is the main entrance because that's got the big pillars and big gates which are never closed. Mm. So the park is. It's in quarters, really. There's two big fields. There's um, children's playground for younger kids up to about six or seven, I'd say. There are two bowling greens. One is the men's bowling green, which 
has not very many members. The other was the ladies' bowling green, but is no more because the ladies have disbanded. So that is now a quiet area where younger kids can go in. There's gates that close so the kids can run about and the parents can be happy that they're, they're, they're not going to run out of the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a wildlife area which has a pond. Uh, some local schools did some decorations around the, the fence around the, the pond. There's a willow tunnel, which kids love. It's enormous and got way out of hand this year because we've had <laughs> so much sun and so much rain, and it's more like a, a willow forest. Mm-hmm. And I used to walk through the park on my way to or from work sometimes. Um, I worked down near the quayside, and um, if I was late going in, uh, sometimes I would see some orange high-vis jackets in the park Mm -hmm. and uh, when it came uh, before I retired I did actually volunteer at Heaton Park Mm -hmm. Um, somebody else in the office was doing it and the Heaton Ranger said why don't you volunteer at Gosford Central Park Uh, so I went along after I retired and had a look and there was a lot of orange jackets in there yeah and I thought they don't need they don't need any help. There's so many people here and the park's not that big. Mm-hmm. At Heaton Park, which is enormous, they used to get about half a dozen volunteers. Mm-hmm. At Gosford Central Park, we get an average of 25. Oh, right, gosh. Yeah. But I went and asked if they needed any more volunteers and they said yes. And here so, you are today. So I do that every Monday morning, 9.30-ish until 12-ish, depending on the work. And uh, I, I, it was mainly run by uh, two people, mm-hmm. which I thought was quite unfair. Not that I wanted to get back into being responsible for anything, mm-hmm. having just retired, but these two people who, who run the park, uh, who run the volunteers, were pretty elderly, I have to say. Mm-hmm. They're in their late 70s or 80s. And as soon as you mention something like that, they say, well, do you want to help? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, okay, but I don't want too much, you know. So mm. I became a trustee. Uh, so there's nine trustees in the park. And uh, I'm responsible for all the equipment and the health and safety. Right. And uh, health and safety because I was in engineering. Mm-hmm. Not that I've got any qualifications in health and safety, but I hope I have common sense. Yeah. But what I really enjoy is is looking after the equipment. So mm. we've got two lawn mowers, a couple of leaf blowers, hedge trimmers and uh, strimmers, and they're all petrol engines. Okay. And uh, I've done some... Stuff. Ma- it is, yeah. I've, I've had to do some pretty major surgery on some of them because they're quite old. Um, but I enjoy doing that, and it it doesn't matter if you if you get it wrong mm-hmm. because it's not that critical. That's yeah. that's the best thing about it. <laughs> the pressure's yeah. not quite so much on as it might be. No. BT. Yeah, no. that's right. So in, yeah. in terms of the um, the work of the friends, then um, all these volunteers. So if if somebody was part of uh, the friends of Gosford Central Park, what is it that they would be doing when they were donning their um, orange yeah. high-vis vests and, yeah. and, and sort of 
ranging well, over in the park? One of the best things about volunteering at Gosford Central Park is that we always meet on a Monday. The mm. only we have a couple of Mondays off over Christmas, but any other day, bank holidays as well, we're there from half nine until twelve. Mm-hmm. If you want to volunteer, that's great. If you don't turn up, it doesn't matter. We're not expecting you anyway. We're just happy when people do turn up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if people have a, a particular interest or uh, a skill or knowledge, they can join the plants group, they can join the wildlife group, they can just do weeding or clearing or litter picking, whatever they like. Uh, I mean, some people can't do heavy digging work, so. Mm. They might want to do some lighter duties. Um, we have a list of jobs every Monday morning and you take your pick as to what you want to do. Mm-hmm. If you want help or guidance or training on how to use something or do something, like edging, for instance, which is uh, a never-ending job. <laughs> edging the paths. But there is a technique and uh, we like to share that with people so they don't waste their time and get worn out doing it the wrong way. I think um, I perhaps need to come and learn how to do edging because that's the one thing that I can yes, really do effectively. Yes. <laughs> uh, since um, COVID, we've only just started having tea breaks again. Oh, so at yeah. 11 o'clock, we all mm. meet outside the hut, provided it's not raining, mm. outside the hut and we have coffee and, and biscuits or tea and uh, have a little bit of a social aspect as well. Yeah. Um, Which sounds like... You know, it's it sounds like a decent decent sort of morning's work, but also yeah. fairly social. You know, it's uh, it is an enjoyable is, yeah. time spent yeah. together. Yeah, I mean, we don't monitor people. If you want to do a job, mm-hmm. for instance, weeding the flower beds around the war memorial, then you can go and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't want to come back from t- for a tea break, that's fine. But we do like people to come back by twelve because otherwise, we have to hang about, wait yeah. to lock up. Yeah. Put all the tools away, clean all the tools. Um, but uh, we don't, we, we didn't have any tea breaks during COVID. And there was, right at the beginning, of course, nobody could go out and do anything. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we were able, we went back taking our own gardening tools because the park, you know, that first summer was mm-hmm. really hot yeah. and the park suffered. So people came with their own tools. My brother-in-law lives uh, up around behind Asda, mm-hmm. and and he used to walk up the park with his, his own wheelbarrow with his own <laughs> tools in it to go and, and help and do some work there to try and um, save the park. But well, these these green spaces they mean a lot to people, they don't do. they? I mean, what, what's it? What does it mean to you? I mean, obviously you you've chosen to dedicate you know a decent chunk of your time to. Um, uh, to looking after this place and coordinating its its care. So, you know, what what what, what sort of place does the the park hold in your in your heart? Well, it's you, you do uh, such a lot. I, I do such a lot of work there that uh, I enjoy going back and seeing what I've done. Mm. People appreciate what you've done. It's green. We mm. know that green space is good for us. It's fresh air. It's exercise as well because you can do some pretty heavy stuff. Uh, I do uh, a lot of the grass cutting, which doesn't sound much, but it's a big park. A I don't do all of it. Yeah. I don't do all of it. <laughs> but but pushing a lawnmower around for two hours is quite heavy work. 
or doing things like um, uh, well, even weeding. Mm. I mean, that's that can be quite strenuous. Some people can't do it if they've got bad knees or bad backs. I like to see the park in a nice condition. I like to see people enjoying it and sitting there. One of the first jobs I did, the f- in fact, the very first session I went to, we um, we changed all the wood on all the picnic tables. Mm. Big job, took us two days. Um, the council said it was going to take them six weeks. Right. We did it in two days, but people really appreciate it and they thank us for it and it makes you feel that you've achieved something, that you're doing something um, good for the community mm. as well as for, for yourself. As I said before, it's, it's good for mind and body. Um, going to a place like this, uh, people enjoying it. I enjoy just walking around there. I take my grandson there. He likes to go in the, in the mm. playground. Although the playground has fallen into a bit of disrepair at the moment, it gets well used. Um, I have to say it does. Yeah, it does. I mean, as soon as they let people back into the playground, we counted about seventy people in there on the first <laughs> on the first day, and you think, wow, that's uh, probably a bit risky, really. Yeah, I'm talking sort of months ago when mm. COVID was still pretty bad. Um, yeah, it's been a few years since uh, since our kids were. You know, of that age where the, the play park yeah. was, uh, uh, was a good space for them. But we spent a lot of time there. Um, yeah. Just just kind of hanging out. It's always nice yeah. with a nice cream van there. And Indeed. He's still uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, a coffee cart goes in there, Johnny Coffee. All right. And, yeah. Well, we made him welcome because he, he enhances the park. Uh-huh. Uh, there used to be Rose's, the coffee shop. Um, of course, yeah. Yeah, that's closed at the moment. Oh, no. But... It looks as though somebody's applying to get planning permission to build out, outdoor seating. So it might be Rosie's again, I don't know. Somebody's trying to make it yeah. um, work again. Um, Coffee Johnny, I mean, we did a lot of work to help him because mm-hmm. he'd park his car on the, on the grass and wreck the grass, you know, and it was yeah. in danger of getting bogged down there. So we, we dug it all out and surfaced it properly so that he, he can and put a bench near him as well so that his customers could have a sit down he's good for the park yeah well it, it really it sort of enhances its its role as a focal point doesn't it it's not it just does. A, you're going to sit in the grass you can actually kind of entertain yourself and eat and the flowers uh in the park mm-hmm. are particularly good in herbaceous borders color always cheers people up yeah um there's, a, there's another little um, area, um, is it Adrianos, the, um, the restaurant on yeah, Gosseth yeah. High Street? Uh-huh. They donated a, quite a bit of money um, in remembrance of their chef who passed away a few years ago. Oh, right, I didn't know this. And we've got a little Mediterranean garden which they sponsored. Mm-hmm. They bought the trees for it. Oh, well, I should mention we've got the two tennis courts, yeah, and basketball yeah. court as well, yeah. The basketball court gets used nearly every day mm. by uh, a load of teenagers from one of the local schools. Mm-hmm. The tennis courts do get used during the week, but especially on a Saturday morning, there's uh, free sessions. And I've recently done a lot of repairs to the poles and the nets in there. 
Yeah, it's all on your Facebook page, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they're grand poles in square holes. Yeah. And that doesn't work. They, they, <laughs> sort of bend over, they were bending over like that yeah. to fix them. Uh, another thing they used to use the uh, the tennis courts for, mm-hmm. there was a, a group of lads would get in there and take the nets down and they'd play bicycle polo. I had no so, idea that was a thing. <laughs> yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> Cycling around with a, with a, well, a homemade polo thing. It was a stick with a bit of drain pipe on the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a ball, yeah. yeah. That was Incredibly good. inventive. Yeah. For, 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 for a space that you know, might not seem to be, you know, particularly enormous, it's there's a, there's a real going diversity of there certainly is uh, yeah kind of uses and spaces in it. It's really quite remarkable. Yeah. There is another building in there next to our hut called the Borman Club, mm-hmm. which was a community place for bingo and art groups and stuff like that. But it's mm-hmm. fallen into disrepair, and that we're hoping. Well, there's been plans over the years to convert it or replace it with another community centre with a um, some sort of meeting room and a cafe and uh, maybe bicycle repairs and mm. maybe an outdoor gym. I yeah. don't know, stuff like that. Well, that all sounds really kind of optimistic and there's a bright future for the, yeah. for the yeah. park. Yeah. Um, it's a challenge, isn't it? Um, with parks to kind of keep them in a in a state like you were saying before about during that summer when it was really hot and um, yes uh you know there was there was damage happening because of it uh, but people sort of rallied around and mm-hmm. and uh and, and supported it in their own time um but obviously as a trustee you'll, you'll kind of be aware of all the other pressures on kind of maintaining parks right across Newcastle. we've got fabulous yes. range of parks in newcastle we have yeah. um and even the fact, I remember right that um, the the parks moved out of council control a few years ago. They did. So what's 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 the situation now? I mean, how how are parks around yeah. Newcastle run? All parks and allotments are run by Urban Green Newcastle mm-hmm. um, or UGN yep. because Urban Green Newcastle is quite a pain saying that every time. <laughs> so UGN they manage all the parks, mm-hmm. um, all the allotments and some of the other green spaces, because there are patches of green. Um, they are mainly based at Jesmond Dean, mm-hmm. at uh, the visitor centre down there near Pets Corner. Oh, yeah. Um, they, their approach is different to the council, so the council were a lot freer in letting the volunteers do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. There are other friends groups in other parks around the Newcastle, mm-hmm. but they're not as big as ours. Yeah. And we sort of self-manage, whereas a lot of the others have to be ranger-led, so they need a UGN ranger right. to lead their voluntary sessions. Mm-hmm. We have a ranger who comes to Gosford Central Park. He's very good, mm-hmm. he's very knowledgeable, very skilled in repairing things, um, but they're spread thinly across all the parks. Mm-hmm. Oh, they do have adopter plots in some of the parks, mm-hmm. in Heaton Park, so you can adopt a plot, and so it's your you can look after it, you can do the litter picking, do the planting, do the watering, whatever. Mm-hmm. You look after this small plot. We don't have that in Gosford Central Park because we don't have plots, really, that you can look after. Mm-hmm. 
and and we meet every Monday. So yeah. if you want to work, come on a Monday. Everybody's welcome. Oh, I hope, well, I hope, I hope if people have got that. I hope everyone's listening. <laughs> Monday, nine thirty. I'll repeat it at the end. So what's um, nine thirty uh, to twelve? Somebody turning up to um, to volunteer with the, the friends of Gosford Central yeah. Park. Um, obviously, this is a happiness podcast, so we're interested in kind of well-being and people's enjoyment yeah. of, of landscape. What yeah. what could people expect when they turn up as a volunteer? How how is it going to help their feeling of kind of contentment and happiness? Well, uh, a lot of people. Uh, as I say, being 9.30 till 12, mm. um, most people are retired uh, and they come along because they want to do something. They want to help uh, in the community. And if they come along on a Monday, we'll ask them what they want to do, what they're interested in. Mm. They might be interested in gardening. They might not. They might be just be, like myself, free labour. Mm. I'm not a gardener, really. Um, I do get asked, what, what's this plant? It's a blue one, or it's a <laughs> red one, I don't know. Um, people, it, it, there, there's the social aspect as well when people come along. So uh, they, they get a sense of achievement because they're doing something, particularly, I mentioned edging again. Mm. It, it sounds silly, but if you see a raggedy path and you edge it and it's got a nice straight line, I'm an engineer, so I like straight lines, <laughs> it's, it makes you, makes you happy that you've, you've done that because you can see what you've done and everybody else can see it. And while you're doing it, people come and thank you for doing it and say how wonderful it is. So any volunteer can do that. I remember years and years ago, a student job that I had was working down in Stoneley in Warwickshire at the... Um the agricultural show, the Royal Agricultural Show in the summer. Right. And uh, I was kind of classed as not burly enough to do things like the cattle sheds. So I was sent off to the, <laughs> the flower tent. One of the things that we had to do there was there was there was concrete paving outside of the marquee and uh, that had to be weeded because obviously it hadn't been weeded since last year. And I thought, right. oh, this, this is just, this is not a great job. It's, I'm going to hate this. No. By the end of it, you sort of looking back at the this kind of vast expanse of concrete slabs that you have yeah. weeded and now looks immaculate. Yeah. I was like, Yes, yes, I did that. Yeah, I, d I forgot the first few times I was volunteering. Volunteering, it's great to take a photo before mm. and after. Yeah, because uh, after I'd done it, I thought well, nobody's going to believe how bad it was before <laughs> I did this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you mentioned um, obviously it, it suits people that have retired um, or, or certainly don't work on it when on Monday. Um, I mean, would you like to see kind of more different types of people involved. I mean, just reaching out to, to younger people as well. So, so I mentioned on Facebook yeah. about trying to sort of engage um, younger people as volunteers in their communities. That's yes. something you're yeah. interested in. Yeah, we do. We do sometimes. Um, some people who work shifts mm. uh, do come along. Uh, we did have a, a couple of students turn up mm -hmm. just randomly one day and, and like to help. And that reduced our average age dramatically <laughs> because they were very young. Um, the local schools like to get involved and we've had a contact recently that they want to come and help out. So we'd, we'd probably try and give them a project. We do get businesses sometimes mm. who come and ask us, like um, Eldon Leisure uh, came and asked if they could do some voluntary work. Well, things like the Willow Tunnel that I mentioned earlier has got way out of hand. Mm. Uh, it's huge. It needs taming when the leaves start dropping. Yeah. It's a lot of work, and that's a project where a team needs to 
to take hold of it and, and weave it in and cut it back. Mm -hmm. So there is opportunities for other people to come along. Um, we do, pre-COVID, pre we had uh, events in the park mm -hmm. as well. So we have family fun days. We used to have an Easter egg hunt. Um, I think we've got something, sometimes we have something on at Halloween, but Eugene have taken more of a lead in those sort of things now. Sure. Um, because it's, it's had to change. Yeah. We, we can't have the big family days. Something you'd like to see um, coming back again soon, though, I imagine. Yeah, well, the, the, the family fun day, we didn't really ever make much money out of it, but mm -hmm. it advertised the park mm -hmm. and it got a lot of people there and we had a lot of... Uh, things for for children in particular, um, like bouncy castles, climbing walls. Um, there was a, we used to have the local radio station was there. Um, lots of stalls and things, lots of food, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. Fire brigade would turn up. Well, that's that always, always fun. Some people, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's. Yeah, that might come back one day, but as I say, we, we never make much money out of it. Mm. Sometimes we ask ourselves why are we doing it, but it is because it gets people into the park yeah. and appreciate it. Um, but it's uh, it's quite a, a challenge to organise. Are you um, yeah? Are you optimistic about the future for Newcastle's green spaces, its parks, and I am are... because I think that uh, UGN. Although they've been slow to sort of take control, I think they're getting into a bit more of a rhythm now. Mm. Um, the the friends associations are uh, they meet every couple of months uh, and share ideas. Um, if you go to uh, any of the other parks, you can see the work being done, and each park has something extra to mm. to offer. Heaton Park is enormous yeah. um, Jesmond Dean is absolutely wonderful to walk through Jesmond Dean um, there's other parks which are obviously part of Newcastle but a long way from us mm. in Gosforth yeah. um, but even Lees's Park I mean walking around Lees's Park you can see that they're all well I enjoy them, I enjoy the parks and I'm sure other people who like open spaces, a pond with swans on it or geese or anything like that it's all a bit of nature and it's um and i think people have better. come to, to appreciate it a lot a lot more yeah you, know, you have a period of time where you can't leave your house and then all of a sudden you're allowed out so where do you go yeah and yeah and parks yeah yes yeah, so i think that's you're right uh, people have discovered the park mm -hmm. um there was that thursday when the rules were lifted mm-hmm uh, and you were allowed to go into the park, but I, th I think it's, there was still some restriction on how many people could be there. Yeah. I was working in the park that Thursday, I was doing some extra work, mm -hmm. and this helicopter went over, and I thought, he's hovering over here a lot. And the park was really full of people, and the helicopter went away, and a load of police came in the park and moved everybody off. Moves them all away. I think I might have been in the park that day. I think I was meeting up with a friend. <laughs> we were both yeah. Sat. It was bizarre. Yeah. We, we were very, you know, we were socially distanced. We, we had two picket yeah. blankets and we were kind of sat drinking out, from front of us. Massive police yeah. helicopter around. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it, it showed the need for it. I mean, people yeah. flocked to the park as soon as they could. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm sure people don't take these spaces for granted, but, you know, when you when you understand more about kind of what goes into their upkeep, um, yeah, you sort of understand just how valuable these places are. So, um, so thank you for telling us all about that. Um, okay. We'll come back to what people can do uh, and how they can volunteer yep. back at, at, at the end of end of this chat. But just before we sort of round things up, um, uh, I mean, you've talked quite a lot about walking and getting outside. I mean, when would you when would you say that you're you're generally at your happiness as as, as Tim Crook? What's what makes you a happy person? Probably walking. Yeah with a group or even by myself mm -hmm. enjoying the outdoors um i really enjoy the park i wouldn't do it if i didn't of course but there are pressures there mm. there are things that have to be done <laughs> uh there are people always asking have we got this have we got that mm. can you fix this can you fix that can you build this um so there it's uh, i am happy there but it's not my happiest right place i'd say walking uh, particularly with the wonderful views that we've got mm. uh, around Northumberland. Um, that, um, the last week of really good weather, I did the Whitley Bay to, to Blythe Walk, mm. uh, and I saw uh, cormorants, I saw curlews, I saw seals on the beach. Um, there was a, a boat going past, dropping, uh, pulling up, lobster pots and then he went back the other way and dropped all the empties off yeah and uh it uh red kites uh, oh, it wow. was just a fabulous day yeah. and uh and really lovely and the sandy beaches we have in northumberland as well it's um you know where when i was in london as a uh, as a kid we always used to go to the south coast mm. which was pebbles <laughs> and that's crippling yeah. it's crippling when you're walking across <laughs> pebbles it's horrible but uh, actually, walking on sand is quite a struggle as well. Yeah. If you if you're trying to get somewhere, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Leave enough time. It's kind of. Yeah. That's a good advice yeah. there. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, quite often people come on the podcast and they talk about the value of um, um, green space and blue space. You know, the kind of the the rural type spaces or the, right. the urban urban green spaces but also kind of getting out to the coast and you know having the combination yeah. of the two within such easy reach is is hugely important to people i think it's not oh, just it kind of nice to have it's a, almost like a necessity i think we're very very lucky yeah very lucky here people who come and visit uh, say how lucky we are and i say well anybody can move here yeah and you, know, you did <laughs> you could yeah i also i'm a member of an art group as well okay uh, i do a, a bit of art um before I retired, I did a, a couple of courses at the Gosforth Academy, mm. getting started with drawing and getting started with watercolours. And uh, I do that um, with a, a local group called the Knightsbridge Art Group. Right. But uh, when I joined them, they said, um, where do you show your work and where do you sell it? I said, sell it? <laughs> I'd never thought of selling it. <laughs> And I have sold some. Oh, I have sold some. Really? Yeah, which is uh, really, really nice. Uh, I'd say art is is quite a distraction. You know, you can get away from things. You have to concentrate on it. Mm. And when you've done it, when you've got the finished product, if you like, it's 
it's nice to look at. It's like having something new, mm. but you've done it, you've made it, um, and then it gets stuck in a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> or sold. No, it could be sold. It could be sold. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Tim, thanks so much for uh, talking to me this uh, this lunchtime. Uh, the sun You're is welcome. coming out outside as well. It's all, all it goes very well yeah. for the next couple of days, which is great. Um, yeah. As, as we mentioned uh, earlier, obviously, you know, Parks and um, UGN are they're all sort of looking for for volunteers to kind of help out. So if if somebody yeah. wanted to help out with Gosford Central Central Park, what would you say? Where, where, well, where should they go first? If if they want to volunteer anywhere other than Gosford Central mm-hmm. Park, then urbangreennewcastle.org right. is their web page, mm-hmm. and there is uh, on the menu it says getting involved, and you can pick up the volunteer stuff there. Uh, all the information. You can even become a voluntary litter picker and they'll send you litter picking equipment right. and you can just do it when you yeah. like. Uh, if you want to volunteer at Gosford Central Park, just turn up on a Monday morning about 9.30 and you'll be very welcome at the hut. Yeah. yeah, you'll see a lot of orange jackets around just come and ask somebody. You'll be very welcome. Brilliant. Excellent. Yeah. Right, well, thank you. Um, that's been great. I've really liked talking about that. I can't wait to get to the park now, actually. <laughs> I'm going to skip off work for the rest yeah. of the afternoon, grab myself a yeah. coffee and, uh, and just kind of hang out. But um, yeah. thank you. Um, and uh, hope to speak to you soon. Thanks for the opportunity, Chris. All right, cheers, Tim. So that was my conversation with Tim. What do people think, Kath? I thought before you did this interview and you told us who you were going to speak to, that you were making quite a bit of fuss about the name of the park. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, it's a park. (laughs) (laughs) But then I realised by listening to Tim's lovely interview and having a little look on Google Maps Mm -hmm. that, that, yes, he does have to differentiate between the parks and Cosford. <laughs> so I fully understand that. But the other thing that I realised is that it's much bigger than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Because my knowledge of the park is walking from the metro station at South Gosforth to Gosforth High Street. Yeah. And cutting through the, through the park and then in the back door of the shopping centre. And... To my shame, I hadn't realised that it's three times the size that I thought it was. So I, I abjectly apologise to him <laughs> for underestimating his beautiful park. It is the TARDIS of, uh, of Newcastle Park. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go back and have a look and find the tennis courts and, and the, the bowling greens mm-hmm. and the, the Willow Tunnel because... The thing that I really appreciated was um, Johnny's coffee cart Mm. because it was expertly placed in between (laughs) the metro station and the high street. That's canny business acumen. (laughs) I think he's very, very good, yes. I I knew more about him than I did about the park. (laughs) So it was great to find out about really enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, good. Alex? Oh, we're so lucky, aren't we, in Newcastle and Tyne and Weir in the wider northeast area. We've got so many amazing green spaces and Gosford Central is another 
one of those brilliant spaces. I've been there a few times. You know, you talked about the playgrounds for the kids. I've frequented that playground quite often with my two over the years and always nagged at the end for ice cream <laughs> from the ice cream truck <laughs> that's always parked, strategically parked in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we've got so many fabulous green spaces, haven't we? Whether it's the Town Moor, Exhibition Park, Bent's Park. I'm a big fan of Richardson D's in, in Wall's End. And they all seem to have their own kind of quirks and personalities as well. There's there's something special in a different way in each of those parks, aren't they? They're, they're all different and, and unique in their own their own little way. So uh, yeah, I do think we are very fortunate here in the northeast. So it was great to hear from from Tim and telling us all about the brilliant work. And of course, all done by volunteers as oh, well. No. It's a sort of testament to again the power of volunteering and why volunteering is so important and and why it's why it's good for your soul and good for your happiness and well-being levels to to give that time for for things uh like like that so yeah thank you very much tim it was great it was yeah thanks tim it was it was it was really nice talking to him just because obviously somebody that is getting an awful lot of enjoyment out of his retirement you know finding something which you know sounds like quite a lot of hard work but yeah. actually sense of purpose and wasn't he incredibly laid back he was very laid back he was yeah he just sounded so calm yeah i had to drop off the microphone at his house just before the interview and the shirt that he was wearing was fantastic because it was short sleeves but kind of floral design like you know almost like he was he was about to head to hawaii or somewhere like that <laughs> so yes having a having a great time i hope when because it's a few years off yet but uh when i get to retirement age i, I have something as productive and as enjoyable as uh, as Tim. I think what was great as well was that it was it was obvious that there is a job for everybody as mm. well. You don't necessarily have to be good at, at gardening. There's something for anyone to do if mm. you want to get stuck in and get involved. Uh, so that was that was great. It's interesting when you think back to I can remember days when there were park keepers in mm-hmm. parks and if you were caught on the wrong side of the grass you you could get chased out and the the, the are whole you talking, like, are you speaking from experience then yeah. <laughs> and the, the whole idea was that the parks were kept up to a a championship standard and I, I think there would have been intercouncil rivalries and uh, <laughs> which you can you can still see in old photographs yeah. but now it's totally different in a in a really good way mm. that you need a lot of people to be involved to take care of of these things in the proper way, in the community way. So it was it was fascinating to hear that. Great. Thanks, both of you. Well, if you've been inspired by this podcast episode, uh, then we would love to hear from you. We love hearing your stories and opinions on what happiness means to you. So you can get in touch with us via email at hello at the northern guide to happiness uk. Or you can find us on Twitter at North Happiness and Instagram and Facebook at Northern Happiness. We are really glad to be spreading joy and happiness around the Northeast through this podcast. Thanks to funding from the National Lottery Community Fund and the Newcastle COVID Fund. So thank you so much to our funders for their support. We love you. Well, next time I will be speaking to Carol Moxham. Carol Moxham, who works at Newcastle University as a lecturer uh, and researcher in speech and language therapy. We had a great conversation uh, about 
why communication is so important to well-being and happiness, as well as the joy that she gets from teaching and working with students. So tune in next week and hear me ask Carol questions like this. And it's obviously going to have been a really challenging time over the last couple of years um, as a teacher to kind of find yourself in a situation where you, you're kind of separated from your, from your students. What, I mean, what's that been like? and hear her give answers like this. Oh, well, I tell you what, I, I am also one of these people that gets extraordinarily frustrated when I can't do something. It's just yeah. I revert to about five. Um, <laughs> I have a proper tantrum. I get really frustrated. Now, my biggest weakness has always been to anything to do with technology. So mm. now yeah. I'm very much about all technology. I spent hours, mm. days, Working out how to yeah. make my slides entertaining, <laughs> how to make them engaging. Because as somebody who is who struggled with sort of processing and the visual and all of these kinds of things, I, I bring that into my teaching. So I, I think, how do I make this so that it's not people aren't going to fall asleep, or how do I engage people with these slides? So all of these kinds of things. I mean, I'm still pants at it. So we've reached the end of another episode. We hope you're enjoying listening to the Northern Guide to Happiness. Take care, and we'll see you again next week for another episode.